Welcome to Body Talk, where we strive to go through life with our eyes open. My name is Spencer Kaufman, coming at you from 103.5 FM, The Sun Community Radio. If you're tuning in for the first time today, past broadcasts are available on sunprairiemediacenter.com and also on the Body Talk podcast that you can subscribe to on a variety of places. You can find all of them on spencercoffman.com. Today we are going to continue a two-part series on nonverbal communication. This is five tips to nonverbal communication. Last week we got through tips one, two, and part of tip number three. So today, obviously, we will pick up with that and we will continue on number three, which was eye contact, and we'll go through number four and number five. So I'll give you a quick recap of numbers one and two, and then we'll just pick up right on number three, so you may hear a couple things the same time, which is good, because the more you hear this stuff, the more you will start to internalize it and remember it. I know it's might, might at times might seem excessive, but this is something that you really need to get down. Now, consider this. There is an example of the 10,000-hour rule. Bill Gates talks about this a lot. This is kind of, he is the one who kind of made it mainstream or made it famous. It's been something that's been around for a long time, but until Bill Gates decided that that's why he's so successful, other people didn't really pay attention to it. The 10,000 hour rule. Here it is. So if you do something for 10,000 hours, you will become like an expert in that subject. You will be really, really good at it. So until you hit 10,000 hours, you'll still be just practicing or learning. Once you get 10,000 hours in a particular field, you become excellent. Now, this Bill Gates attributes this. He says, hey, the reason I became so successful so quickly is because when I was a kid, I was on the computer all the time. I didn't have other things to do. I, that's what I wanted to do. I had the resources available to me, so I just spent all the time I could on the computer. He learned how to write code. He was doing software programming, all of this stuff, and he was able to get in that 10,000 hours much quicker than other people. So as a result, he, let's say, had the 10,000 hours of computer work by age, whatever, 18 or 20, where most people, they don't get it till age 30. That's why he, he attributes his success because he was able to get in that 10,000 hours so much sooner than other people. So if you can listen to this over and over again, and you can practice it and practice it and practice it and get this 10,000 hours in, soon as you can, as soon as you can, much quicker than other people, then you will become much better at communicating and much better at relating to and understanding other people. Now, you might say, hey, Spencer, I've been communicating for way more than 10,000 hours. I'm 30 years old. I'm 50 years old. I've been talking my whole life. Yeah, you're good at talking, but are you good at understanding? How much time have you spent understanding other people? And how much time have you spent thinking about and analyzing your own body language and your own nonverbal behaviors and what they really mean. How much time have you spent doing that on other people's behaviors? Chances are you probably say less than 10 hours. So you've got a lot of work to do, and that is why you need to continue progressing through practicing and learning it. Now, I'm not saying you should keep a checklist or a tally mark of all the hours you spend. Okay, let's see. Every broadcast I listen to is one hour. Every time I practice, that's another hour. Every time I communicate, I'm starting to pay attention. There's no, no. 
you're going to lose your mind trying to keep track of 10,000 hours. That's just a general consensus based upon who knows, some people with way too much time conducting all this research. But basically, the more you do something, the better you're going to become. Wow, good thing we spent all that research money on figuring that out. We already knew that. But now we have a number to go with it. It doesn't matter. The point is, the more you can practice nonverbal communication and understanding nonverbal communication and hearing about it and listening to it, the better you are going to become, the more effective communicator you are going to become. Now, if you didn't agree with this, then you still wouldn't be listening to this broadcast because we've talked about first impressions, we've talked about posture, eye contact. Chances are you were listening to those and you were thinking of examples within your own life where it made sense, where it happened to you, where when you dressed up nicely, you, you were maybe wearing a suit and people noticed you. People said hi to you. I'll never forget this. On certain days when I would have to wear a suit and I would go to like the bank, I'm not kidding. I'd get out of my car and people in the parking lot, hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you doing? And I'd walk in, hi, how are you today? Get up to the teller area and like all the tellers, hey, how are you doing? I didn't know any of them. Then on another day when I would just wear like jeans and a t-shirt, I'd get out of my car, nobody'd say hi. I'd walk into the bank lobby. Maybe the greeter would say, hey, hello, how are you today? You know, nothing. Walk up, and then only the teller that was going to help me said hi. When you are dressed to impress other people, people notice. So it does happen. These things do happen. And if you can recognize them and take advantage of them, now you become much more effective. So here we go. Use stature, not posture. That was number one. It's important to have stature, not posture. Stature is different than posture because stature is a state of mental, mind, being, and bodily awareness, whereas posture is simply the orientation in which we are in space. If you have great posture, you are standing up straight, you are rigid, you may be tense, you may be holding your breath, you may have your muscles all tight, so they're standing up rigid, like you're militarily towing the line. However, if you have stature, now you are up straight, that thread is being pulled through the top of your head, you are relaxed, you are breathing. <clears throat> you also have a lot more clear thinking. Your thoughts are nice, you're taller, you're confident. People notice that and they embody that calmness that you are projecting. Number two, breathing. When you breathe, you are talking better. Your breath changes the sound of your voice. When you hold your breath, you're not as effective. Hopefully you've had the chance to talk to someone who smokes cigarettes and you, or whatever they're smoking, whatever they're holding inside when they smoke and breathe and hold their breath and then ask them a question when they take that inhale and then they talk and you can hear a significant difference in their response in what they're saying because when you hold your breath, you sound different. You are withholding something. As a result, your audience tends to mirror that or your listener tends to mirror that and they will pick up on that, that you're holding your breath, and they may even start to hold their breath, and now we've got a big problem because everybody's holding their breath, everybody's tense, everybody's anxious, and there's really nothing good that's happening. It's an unconscious thing that we are battling with ourselves. It's like a yawn. When you yawn, someone sees you, they yawn as well. In fact, I'm going to yawn now because I'm talking about it. And you might too. Yawns are something that are unconsciously just a conundrum that when it happens, it just happens all around. I, I remember one time I, when I was working, I, we were sitting around and, and there was really nothing to do. And so I said, oh, I got an idea. And we sat in a circle and I yawned and then pretty soon someone else yawned. And 
then another person yawned, and then they all got mad because it was like we were playing a game with yawning, and and I thought it was pretty funny, but they didn't know what we were doing. But it's a weird experiment. It controls other people. It is something that is a connection unconsciously between everybody, yet we don't know enough to understand it. This is the same thing with body language. However, we can learn how to understand and control it. We can control this body language and use it to our advantage and project certain things to get other people to receive us in a certain way or understand us better or we can also understand them better. Breath and breathing and holding your breath is very similar. Control your breathing. Other people will control their breathing. And now you can really effectively communicate. Remember the saying, hey, take a deep breath and now all of a sudden you feel a little better. Or when you get mad, just breathe deeply and now you're calm. Breathing is significant. It's something that you can remember to make use of when communicating with other people. Moving on, number three, eye contact. This is where we left off last time. We got halfway through eye contact, so what I'm going to do is just start right in at the beginning of eye contact, sum it up, then I'll break it down a little bit more detailed where we didn't hit. So we said eye contact connects us both literally and figuratively with those around us. It is something that bonds us together. Eye contact tells people that we are listening, that we are interested in what they are saying. It is very, very important to maintain eye contact. It changes the sound of your voice. It is exactly like holding your breath. If you hold your breath, the sound of your voice will be changed. You will sound restricted. You will sound like you are hiding something. When you make eye contact, you will sound more confident. When you're looking at the floor, you're talking to the floor. When you look at the person, you're talking to the person. When you look at the person, you're going to sound different than when you are talking to the floor. It's very simple. Remember Eeyore. He always looked down. He sounded terrible when he was talking to people. If you want to sound confident and like you are an important, like you mean something, like your opinion matters or your voice matters, then you got to look at the people you are talking to. Let them look at you. Connecting with someone's face is super important. Look at the invention of selfies. Why not just take a picture normally and take a picture of the scenery? No, because if you can take a selfie of yourself with everything in the background, now more people like it. More people share it. Why? Because they feel like they are connecting with you. They feel like they are looking at you and like they are seeing you there and they are connecting with you. They look at your eyes. They look at your face. They see an emotional connection and they like or share it. It is something that is very, very impactful. It has meaning. You'll also notice when you make eye contact, you have subtle changes in pitch, but also high changes in energy level, vocal energy, and physical energy. When you join a group of people who are high energy, you become high energy. If there, you join a group of people who are high energy and you come in with super low energy, you're going to kill the energy in that group. Energy level is impacted by those around us. That has a significant correlation with eye contact. If you're making eye contact, that energy level is going to keep building. If you stop, no eye contact, and you're looking at the floor, you're Debbie Downer, energy level is going to go down as well. Now we're going to get into the rest. That was what we covered last time. Now the rest of eye contact. Some cool things, not much left, but we will make it happen. Now when we talk about eye contact, this isn't 
deep eye contact, as in you and the person you're speaking with, you guys are locked eyes. You are holding each other's gaze, staring deep into the pupils of your eyes, gazing down into their soul. No, this is simple eye contact. It's conversational eye contact, where you're meeting eye contact. You may only lock eyes maybe two or three times every minute. It's not something where you're holding gazes. You're looking more around. You're, you're working the whole field of vision. You're looking at their nose. You look at their forehead. You look at their eyes. Maybe, maybe they lock eyes with you once. They're looking around. They're looking at different spots. You're watching their mouth. You're looking behind them. You're looking at their shoulder. You're looking over their shoulder. You're looking past their ear. You get the idea. You're looking around your whole field of vision, and they're doing the same. And then every once in a while, you guys lock eyes for a few seconds. It's not for very long. I gave you an experiment to do when we talked about eye contact in broadcast number seven that you need to find someone to sit down across from and stare deeply into their eyes. Find someone who you love and are intimate with, whether it's a significant other or whether it's someone who you are very comfortable around. Maybe it's your sibling. You guys are close. Maybe whatever the case may be, your best friend, and sit down and look in each other's eyes for like 30 seconds. Just stare. Not in a staring contest, but just look into each other's eyes. There's a difference between staring contests and between looking into each other's eyes deeply because a staring contest, you both know it's nothing. But when you look into them, otherwise, there's something there. You see there's like a, an emotional bond, a connection that's going on. Then find a stranger and try to do the same thing. Maybe not a stranger, find an acquaintance. And you'll see it's very difficult, it's awkward, it's weird. Because you don't have that deep connection. You guys are not bound with your spirits and soul. You are not. You don't know them that well to have that type of a connection. Because the eyes are the windows to the soul. Or that's what they're saying they are. So when you are staring deep into their eyes, you guys are connecting on a level more than you realize. And this is why when you have an acquaintance and you guys lock eyes, it's tough to keep that. And that's not what we want. You don't want to make it all weird and awkward like that because then that defeats the purpose. Our whole purpose is to communicate more effectively, to be a better communicator, to understand people more. And now if you're going and you're just going to stare and lock eyes at people, that's weird. You've always heard when you were a kid, hey, don't stare. Why? Because it's weird. You don't stare at people. It's just weird. It's not something that's natural. When you're staring at someone, they feel like you're just you're gazing deep into their soul. I had a coworker one time. And he always joked, because I would always look around, I like to pay attention, obviously I'm in body language and communication and deception and human emotions, so I mean, I've studied this for a long time and I really like to watch everybody and pay attention to them and, and I'm aware, and that's what you should be as well. But this one guy, he was just really un, uneasy about that. And uh, anytime he would look at me, he would, I uh, inevitably I would be looking at him or, or I would be looking or watching or seeing and so... He'd be like, oh man, every time I look over, you're just like gazing deep into my soul like you're seeing every single thing about me. Well, when you see body language and when you see that, you kind of can see a lot of things about other people. You really are able to understand them and know who they are and what they're doing and what they have done and how they conduct themselves. You see more than other people see. So at times, that could be a little bit too much or a little bit unsettling, but at other times it can be very valuable. And if you have the mind to take all of that and to control it and to not make yourself go crazy with it, then it's even better. Now it becomes awesome. 
The last thing with eye contact is you need to practice. So stand in front of the mirror, practice delivering your speech, practice delivering your message, your elevator pitch, that paragraph about yourself that we've used time and time again when practicing all of these little things, whether it's been your behaviors, your mannerisms, your gestures, your eye contact, your posture, your stature, anything. Use that. Use a, something you wrote. Write up something or use something else. Use someone else's lines from a movie or something. Practice them in the mirror and look at yourself with eye contact. This will also help you get to know yourself better because you can have that deep connection with yourself. You already know yourself. So that it will be cool in a multiple variety of ways on a couple different levels. So it is a cool thing for you to do uh, and just really understand and, and admire the impact and the awesomeness that is there. Then when you have that, find someone that, that you know that you can talk to and sit down across from them, whether you're sitting at the table or on, in a couple of chairs or on the floor or on the couch, wherever, and talk to them face-to-face and maintain eye contact. Don't do that deep soul-gazing eye contact. Just maintain conversational eye contact. You can even tell them ahead of time, hey, I'm trying to work on my eye contact. Would you be willing to sit down and have a conversation with me? Then when we're done, you could kind of tell me what you think about it, how I did, if my eye contact was good. Use them, and don't just use the same person. Do it with multiple people, and you will become very, very good at maintaining conversational eye contact. Number four, here we go. You need to eliminate all white noise from your communication. Now, white noise is not like that static stuff, the whatever polar bears dancing in the Arctic on TV that you used to see or the penguins or whatever that people call them, zebras racing, any of that. It's not that. I'm not talking about that type of white noise. I am talking about filler noise, things like um, uh, you know, or I think, I mean that, whatever, those types of things, or with teenagers like. The girls, especially teenage girls. Yeah, we like went down to the like park the other day and like my friend was like this and I was, I like went like this. Oh my goodness. Eliminate the white noise from your conversation. Now, oftentimes you don't know that you are saying these things until someone points it out. This is why it is important that when you are speaking, you tell a close circle of friends, hey, can you critique and tell me some certain things? Now, don't take everything that they say literally because they may not know any better. But if they say, yeah, you know what, you said um a lot. Oh, maybe I need to pay attention to that. Now all of a sudden you'll start noticing you say um a lot. Or the you know, or and stuff. A lot of people say and stuff. And when I was doing this and then stuff or whatnot. Or things like that. They use these filler in their conversation. Well, I was going down there and whatnot. And I did this and, and stuff. And you know, and it's like, what in the world did you just say? Nothing. So eliminate that filler noise or that white noise from your conversations. These are all unconscious habits. Unconscious because you really don't know you're doing them until you pay attention to it. So a great way, if you don't have other people to kind of tell you that, you can record yourself talking, doing a speech, and you should be, by the way, especially when you're practicing in the mirror with these gestures with eye contact. Record yourself, and then you can watch the playback on camera or whether you listen to the playback in audio while you're driving or whatever, record yourself and you can listen or watch the playback and hear and you'll notice, okay, am I saying um, am I saying uh, am I saying you know, what am I doing that I cannot be doing? What Am I using any white noise? And you'll be able to make those unconscious habits become conscious and then stop them. It's like 
nail biting or tapping your fingers or fidgeting or using any of those other things that are unconscious, stopping them. Remember that when you are going through conversation, when, when you pause, it's, it's like this, a song. If you have a song without rest, so like it just continues on, it's not the same as a song with rest. There are pauses and there are breaks for music and there are silent points that are very important and they add value and they add meaning to that song or to that work. Similarly, when you're having a conversation, when you pause and do things, you're adding value, you're adding work. We are not holding our breath or pausing like that. We are pausing to breathe, to communicate, to be natural. It enables you to more slow down, to breathe, to relax, to be a more effective communicator. When you eliminate the white noise, you have more usable space in your conversation. You have positive space, not negative space. Now, you can use that space to breathe, to relax, to think, and continue communicating. Number five, this is probably the most important of the entire thing because it is practice. Number five is practice. When you practice all of these things, you will get better. Remember the 10,000 hour rule. Practice, you get 10,000 hours, you become perfect. Practice makes perfect. So, all of these different tips that you have now, five tips. You've got use stature, not posture. You need to practice using stature. You're not just going to be good at stature. Breathe. You got to practice breathing. Breathing is unconscious. We do it to stay alive. You need to practice consciously breathing throughout your conversation so that you remember to breathe and not hold your breath. Making eye contact. You need to practice that. Eye contact is hugely important in conversation. It conveys a lot of meaning. It conveys a lot of connection. When you make eye contact, you are connecting with the other person. You need to practice that because a lot of people may not like making eye contact. You need to become a person who likes making eye contact. Eliminating the white noise. You need to practice that. You need to practice it because you may not even know that you are doing it. Once you start realizing that you are using these filler words or these filler statements, you are using these white noise things, now you can start practicing not using them. You can consciously choose to break that habit. Practicing is super important. In addition to these five tips or the four tips that you need to practice, there are so many exercises I have given you over the last month and a half or two months or however long you've been listening that you can also practice. Things like writing down stuff, saying it in the mirror, watching for certain gestures, stopping the negative gestures like fidgeting, tapping, nail biting, those kinds of things, and promoting the positive gestures such as gestures with your hands to impact your words to add to your conversation, add to your presence. Things like first impressions, practice that. Certain things that you can use to increase your presence, which is also your brand. And I don't care if you have a business or if you are a stay-at-home mom or if you are retired and you don't get out. Your name and your presence is your brand. You're not selling Coca-Cola or something. No, you're not a vacuum cleaner, door-to-door salesman selling the Kirby vacuums. You are your own brand. Your name is your brand no matter where you are. People see you as an entity. You may not be a business entity, but you are a person. That is who you are. I am Spencer Kaufman. That is who I am. How I conduct myself 
gives people an impression of who I am. I have essentially sold an idea of myself to that person. Whatever they think of me is based upon how I acted and how I conducted myself in front of them. Now, if I did something that they didn't like, they're going to have a terrible impression of me. They may not like me. And that's fine. But if it was my problem, if I messed up, then that's not fine. I need to correct that and get them on a different impression of me, of who I am. But if they don't like me because I'm teaching other people how to see hidden signs and nonverbal communication, well, then that's their problem and that's not going to change. Similarly, you are your own brand. You are who you are. Be that person. Be who you are and embody that and embrace it and start to build it up even stronger and become who you really are supposed to be. Become confident. Become strong. Become aware of not only yourself but of others. Instead of being self-conscious, be conscious of self. And you do all of that through practicing. No one thinks about choosing to show up in the most desired way possible. No, you don't consciously think about that. But if you can practice and become more comfortable with being confident and being yourself, now you are showing up being the most desired way possible. Stand in stature. Relax. Remember to breathe. Use nonverbal cues and turn them to positive, more positive cues. If you notice you're not making eye contact, start making eye contact. If you notice you are using white noise, stop making white noise. If you notice you're fidgeting or using little behaviors, stop making those behaviors. Obviously, this is going to take a while. It's not going to happen overnight. You need to practice it. Practice always takes a little time. You need to work up that behavior until it becomes a habit. In addition, you need to stop those other behaviors that are bad or negative habits and stop them until they become non-existent. You are essentially creating a new and improved version of yourself. You are 2.0 now. You're becoming more. You are becoming more aware of what is going on with yourself and what is going on with others. And you are going to be able to more effectively communicate and understand what everybody is really saying. It's no joke. Everybody, everybody, you are seeing their body language. You are understanding what they're saying. It is the language that everybody speaks, but nobody understands. You now are going to understand that. You are understanding that as time goes on. And that is why practice is so important. I know I've been talking about practice for a long time, but it is super important. So, wherever you are, in all public contexts, whether you're by yourself, on the phone even, you can use all of these techniques and practice them wherever you go. And if you even make a conscious effort, just say, okay, one time a day, I'm going to strike up a conversation with a stranger at the grocery store, at the gym, at the park, wherever I go. And then you're going to practice stature during that conversation. Then when you get stature down, okay, now I'm going to work on eye contact. Then you get eye contact down. Okay, now I'm going to work on gestures. Now you get gestures down. This could take several months. But you are going to be working on one thing at a time. And you are going to become more comfortable with yourself. When you become more comfortable with yourself, then you will become more comfortable with others. And others will become more comfortable with you you will achieve a greater rapport and relationship building much faster. 
You know those people who can walk into a room and instantly people like them? Why? It's because they are comfortable with who they are and they have projected that comfort on other people and now other people are comfortable with who they are. It's amazing. You can do this too. It's really simple, but getting there could be a little hard because it takes some work and it takes some practice and it takes a different way of thinking that you probably have not undergone yet. It takes being conscious of self instead of self-conscious. It is something that is amazing once you get there, but to get there, it's different because you haven't done it before. So it can be, it's a whole new way of thinking, it's a whole new realm, but you can do it if you practice. That is why practice is so important. So continue practicing, continue listening. I really hope that you listen to these multiple times and that you dive into other resources. A lot of them are available on spencercoffman.com. In addition, continue listening to Body Talk. I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in again next week so you can learn what everybody is really saying. Until then, go through life with your eyes open.